Um, Tyg, I want to go to you on, on something else. Uh, hospitals. Um, there was a, a, quite a discussion over the weekend about the issue of overcrowding and the number of people of, on trolleys. And then commentary from the Minister for Health about hospital performance and, and uh, a proposal to at least examine how hospitals are doing their business. Talk us through that. Yeah, so it sort of has been something that, that's popped, cropped up in the last couple of days. So today we had 702 patients that were on, on trolleys uh, in hospitals across the country. Um, and at, before Cabinet this morning, Stephen Donnelly was out um, speaking to journalists and he essentially said that, you know, there are some hospitals around the state that are failing to tackle uh, with overcrowding uh, and that needs to be dealt with. Um, he, he says that the, 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 one of the primary issues is around weekend discharges. So, you know, people, you know, um, who are fit to leave hospital of a Sunday or a Saturday, but who can't be discharged from the hospital. So they're sitting in beds ready to go, but they can't get them out in time. So um, he says he wants to look at how, how he can deal with that. Um, and then there's this on the separate issue around um, this sort of plan um, to deal with um, the, the spend at hospitals, this sort of uh, task force that uh, the health minister wants to set up. So this was reported in the Sunday Independent. Um, essentially, this uh, to find cost savings um, and and um, what's the phrase? I suppose um, productivity. Productivity yeah. um, within the health service. So that that's due to be. It, there's no plan going to cabinet yet, but um, I think it's due to be chaired by a co-chaired by by Robert Robert Watt, the Secretary General of the uh, Department of Health, and. And Bernard Gloucester, the CEO of the HSC, just to, to, to find these the productivities and savings within the health service, because you know, obviously, over the last couple of weeks since the budget, there's been a lot of discussion around the the, un, the potential underfunding of, of the health service. You know, only an additional 800 million is being provided, or 892 million now this this week after the the revised estimates came out. Uh, so it's a hell of a figure to put only in front of, isn't exactly. it? But nonetheless, it, it has been regarded as falling short. Um, Pauline O'Reilly, the minister talking about another task force, as Tyg says there, there's already a task force, or at least there was, on expanding the role of pharmacists. There's been a task force on emergency departments since 2015. I think there was even a task force on non-consultant hospital doctors. And And we in the Father Ted zone of, is there anything to be said for another task force here? I mean, like it sounds to me as if the minister knows what the issues are, and if the minister knows what the issues are, then um, then it's about fixing those fixing those problems. Um, and in some ways, I think some of what he said is is correct. I mean, the the amount of people who have to stay in hospital overnight, or not overnight, sorry, over the weekend, and sometimes that is overnight because they're waiting for services in the hospital until the next week, that is exacerbating the problem. Um, And having spoken to nurses and midwives in particular, um, there is definitely different, um, you know, there's different practices across different hospitals. And that is difficult to understand at this point um, why that is the case. I mean, look at uh, most of us have at some point been on a hospital trolley and it's it's um, it's really difficult to explain to people why that is continuing. Well, but he did some, also say so, that some, there are more Some hospitals have with more step-down facilities in their immediate hinterland. Mm-hmm. Some they, have a private well, hospital nearby. You know, they do, and there, and may, there may be different issues. No, in absolutely, hospitals. and I mean, I you know, obviously, I'm from the west of Ireland, and uh, and there is a significant challenge when there is, you know, nowhere close within a couple of hours, and you you don't have, um, you don't have other facilities. So, like, I absolutely recognise that, um, but I think he is also correct when he's saying that there are more hospital beds than ever, that there are more nurses than ever, there are more consultants than ever before, so that there is progress, but. 
when you're on a hospital bed or when your loved one is on a hospital bed, it really doesn't feel like it. And I totally take that on board, as I say, having been there myself. I was actually on the NCHD task force, uh, Colin, back in, I think it was around 2007. Um, I think I was also on the uh, emergency department um, task force. Uh, we also had uh, a specialist special delivery unit. Um, yeah, so that there's no end of uh, names. There's no end of um, antics that can be conjured up and words that can be used. But the fact remains that last night, 702 people were deemed eligible and necess- it was necessary that they be admitted into a hospital bed and they spent their night probably not even their first night, possibly their second sure, or third I mean, you, 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 you were critical. You were critical of, of the government a hard for chair. not having a plan on the issue of the uh, the offer of accommodation, etc., and other benefits to people arriving from Ukraine. If a plan is to be hatched for solving this problem, shouldn't it be based on the right information and is a task force a good way about going, going about getting that information? I think a lot of the information that the minister needs is already available within the system. I'm not certain that a task force is anything other than a shiny thing to look over there at. But you know what? He could start with securing some funding for the 1,500 beds that he's announced. I think twice, maybe three times now those beds have been announced. Of the 1,200 beds announced uh, three years ago, I think not even think there's 200 of them have yet to be opened. So even with those beds not opened, then he comes in with another announcement. That's going to be 1,500 and there's no no funding, secured no funding in the budget uh, the last time for those beds and has made the same announcement now several times. So we need to be realistic and the minister needs to be okay. realistic about what can and should be done. There's an underfunding in the health service. That gap has to be plugged. And I, I, in I, the middle of, you know, I don't think he disagrees. I don't think he no, disagrees. There's 702 patients left on trolleys and then uh, we now see that there's a recruitment embargo in place. So, you know, we do need people right. to treat patients. It's a very labour-intensive industry. Your your local hospital is often held up as the example of, of productivity. But in order to get uh, people treated and keep them off trolleys, elective surgery gets cancelled. OK, they have deals with other step-down uh, facilities that are there. But for those waiting for elective surgery in Waterford, I mean, does anyone else in the country want to see elective surgery being cancelled as a way no, of dealing well, with what's that's going that's on in the emergency department? Oh, you, you need to have a look at the policy firstly, OK? And, and, and in respect of elective surgery, OK, University Hospital Waterford is the least funded model forward in the country of the nine, OK? Severely uh, underfunded. And yet for six months of this year, it has been the second busiest accident in emergency in the country, second only to the matter, the largest hospital system in the state. And it's doing it with half the budget and half the people and how. And we opened this year up in Kilcreen a surgical step-down unit to do exactly what you've described there, to do elective surgeries, to do rehab and, and geriatric patients. And the government came along, it was costing one and a half million approximately per year and the government said to the hospital shut it down we don't have money to fund it now if you if you want to really reform a system and this happens in the private sector all the time you look at the exemplars within your organization and you copy what they are doing you don't go to the most dysfunctional and the least efficient and try to replicate what they're doing you try to make the changes there and unfortunately for years that's what we have done. We keep on putting more money into systems that are not efficient. And one of the other things that we haven't done is we have made absolute failure of trying to deploy technology into the hospital space. And there's been many people talking do, about Do you it. mean the, the wrong technology or not enough of it? No, what I'm talking about is a lot of a lot of tracking patient, tracking devices, monitoring devices, all that type of stuff. There's 
oodles of companies around the country who are exporting, who are working in that space, who are providing it to the private healthcare market, and it's not in the public sector. And that's what we need to be doing. And I get very frustrated when I hear the Minister talking about review groups and, and talking about uh, trying to look at the way business is done. Just come down and, and see a system that is working. But it does require all of the people to sign up to the system. You have consultant doctors in UHW till 11 o'clock at night handling patient discharges for the following morning. That does not happen in other hospitals. All right. Uh, Pauline O'Reilly, is, is, uh, you said, I think, at the outset when we talked about the task force, uh, when I asked you about the task force, that you suspected the minister already knew what was to be done. So you think it's a foregone conclusion what this task force is going to find? Uh, I mean... Look, I mean, if we all know as politicians what some of the problems are, I think nurses and consultants that I speak to know what some of the problems are. I think that there are steps that can be taken. But I also think that one of the big things that we're not discussing is the massive demographic change in Ireland. And um, we, people are, you know, we, we do have a larger number of older people and that is putting a huge amount of pressure. And so I think, to be fair, I'm going to say that, but I'm also going to say all the other things that I said, which is, you know, cases not being not being dealt with over the weekend and um, different practices in different hospitals. And I know then, you know, right. other things, not just about the waiting list, but for instance, you know, breastfeeding support in some hospitals at the weekend and not in others. That has a massive okay, impact. But, but, then. That's for, for, a staffing issue. That's that's due to lack of staff. And that's not lack of will on the part of the I've of the, the workers in the health service. There just is not enough of them. Look, There's not please, enough people working in the health service. Okay. That's, well, that's a fact. Okay. We, we, just, said we, we need more nurses, we need more doctors, we need more therapists and clinicians. We just, we just have a couple of minutes left. Uh, Pauline O'Reilly, just very, very briefly, of a motion uh, in front of the, the Dáil Tomorrow, a health-related motion. Yeah. yeah, well, again, you know, another frustration is that kind of um, postcode lottery. Um, so there is um, a facility for people who are getting cancer treatment in some hospitals, seven hospitals, that they can uh, avail of these um, cold caps, which are essentially... Uh, making sure that people have limited hair loss during chemotherapy and so on. It's only in seven hospitals. It's relatively cheap. I think ensuring that everybody has access to the same um, facilities is, I think, the very least that we could do as a modern society. So I'm, I'm calling for the minister to put in and the government to put in this small investment in something. It's capital. It's, you know, it doesn't require a huge staffing but it gives people the quality of life and, and particularly You're impact on women. You're introducing that in the Shannon, are you? Introducing that in the Shannon Okay, tomorrow. Matt Shannon, you also uh, are, are bringing forward a motion. It's, it's a work in progress uh, to basically see what the geographical spread of capital spending is. Where's yeah, that? It's a, it's a private member's bill. We've already brought it in with the support of the regional group and um, it is hopefully going to committee stage now to the Department of Enterprise to review. It's the Capital Supply Service and Purpose Report Bill and essentially what it requires is that all ministers and ministers of state at the end of each year would do a report on all capital allocations in their department over asset values of €500,000 and provide those reports to both houses of the Oireachtas. Now there's a look period, which is four years from the year of reporting. So a five-year look back. But what it would do for the first time, it would give absolute transparency in terms of all department capital spending, and we'd be able to see where the money goes. And I think that's a very basic premise of a democracy, that people should know what their taxes are being collected for and how it's being spent. Right. Do you want to see some kind of a user-friendly interface so people could see what's being spent where and, and, and who sanctioned the spending? And, and most importantly, to see that there is equitable spend. And I think at the moment, depending on certain capital outlays, you can see up to 70% of budgets are arriving into the capital here with 30% of the population. Right. That is not fair. Louise, there's a vote tomorrow uh, on a motion 
your party had tonight on the, on the eviction ban. Yeah, uh, there will be. Uh, and we, we had thought that perhaps the government would be minded to support what was essentially their own uh, legislation that, that we, we repurpose and change the dates on. But unfortunately not. Um, you know, we believe that uh, th- there's so many as 13,149 people in emergency accommodation. That's that's kids who, you know, are anxious about is Santa Claus going to come to the, the to the B&B? What's Christmas going to be like? We wanted to stop that happening to, to more families. So we felt it was appropriate to put in place a short time limited uh, ban on no fault evictions. Um, but unfortunately, the government are not minded to do that. And regrettably, neither are they minded to resolve the housing crisis. So we believe that this will result. Do in you know how your party colleagues will, will, will what view they'll take of the two bills that uh, Pauline O'Reilly and Matt Shannon were talking about? I, I don't because I haven't seen them but uh, Matt has said that his bill is going to be referred to the Enterprise Trade and Employment Committee so I'm a member of that committee I very so much look forward to the, the PLS Department of Public Expenditure oh, Okay yeah. so yeah but again okay. we'll have an opportunity to, to have that engagement